Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's John Kurtz. Check out the Faithful to Our Colors podcast on the 435 Podcast Network for everything K-State. You'll get my take on K-State football and basketball, plus hear regularly from Chris Kleiman, Bruce Weber, Gene Taylor, Skylar Thompson, and more. Download each episode now on the Radio.com app. Hey, God's on now. Everything about this is flawed, by the way. Welcome into the Forced to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. He's Dusty Likens. We're at now. Yeah, we got a new recording space, so uh, we can stop getting kicked out of the one that we were recording in before. But everything's backwards and doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, this one sucks. I don't yeah, know, it's headphones. really not that comfortable. I think we should just keep recording in there, and they can... Yell at us all they want. Your chair really is care. Uh, 16 feet higher than mine. I yeah. feel like I am like a peasant to you. You can't turn your own mic on. Oh. Um, <laughs> the way they're set up doesn't make any sense because my mic is on the opposite end that it should be coordinating with our soundboard. None of it makes any sense. But there was a lot of impactful things that happened in week 11 of the NFL action. Mm-hmm. Most notably... Uh, and very frustratingly for me, Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack left Sunday's contest early with a fractured hand. Uh, he did, Frank Reich did confirm this morning that he already had surgery on his hand. Uh, he has already been ruled out for Thursday's game. They take on the Houston Texans on Thursday night football this week. Yeah. Uh, he has already been ruled out. He is, and uh, according to Ian Rapport and Adam Schefter, he's expected to be sidelined for at least a few weeks. So there is optimism there with a guy like Marlon Mack, who has been a high-end running back to all season long. And, and yesterday is just devastating because he had an incredible touchdown run, that double spin move, just beautiful pirouette touchdown. Mm. And then he, they got in the red zone, and it looked like he was going to have an opportunity to score another touchdown, but he came off the field. And it was apparent when he came off the field, and everybody everybody on Twitter was freaking out, going, what, what the hell's going on? Why aren't they giving it to Marlon Mack? He never came back in the game after that, because apparently the play before that, he broke his hand. Right. And then that was the same play that Jacoby Brissett got outside the pocket, made a ridiculous throw, and threw a touchdown pass instead. Oh, so ran one in. Damn. Yes, and... So, it's super frustrating because, Marlon Mack, if you're a fringe playoff team, you probably just lost one of your best running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, In one of my leagues, I'm in competition for a first-round bye. Marlon Mack was one of my guys, but I've got Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott as well. So, it doesn't hurt quite as bad. You might still have Marlon Mack available for the postseason, hopefully, if he only misses a couple of weeks. Hopefully, he can come back for the fantasy playoffs. 
he does have a tough slate in the fantasy postseason anyways. It's just going to be hard to find a guy who's going to get you 18 to 20 carries a game, and that's what he was basically doing all season long for the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, the the most popular waiver wire pickup this week is going to be Jonathan Williams. So if you're like me in that particular league where you're a playoff lock and you're at the bottom of the waiver order, you're probably not going to get Jonathan Williams unless you're in a auction waiver league where you can spend a lot of money on him. Uh, but but I'm not really interested even in that scenario. I'm not interested in spending a bunch on Jonathan Williams just to make sure I have that guy because I'm not really sure he is going to be the guy. I understand that he also rushed for 100 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday, which their run defense has been pretty bad this season. And that was kind of what the game script dictated yesterday. They were just running all over that Jags defense. And Jacksonville never really got in the game outside of uh, a beautiful play from DJ Chark and then another ridiculous throw from Nick Foles where DJ Chark made an absurd adjustment and just made an incredible play on the ball. He wound up having two touchdowns yesterday. Uh, but Jonathan Williams had over 100 rushing yards, looked like he was going to be the guy. I know you really like Neheim Hines, mm. but even with this, Frank Reich confirmed this morning, Hines, Williams, and Jordan Wilkins, who did not play yesterday because he is nursing an ankle injury, we're going to be in a type of uh, committee role while they're trying to get Marlon Mack healthy. Yeah, I don't believe that. Um, yeah, well, so I don't know that I believe that either. Jordan Wilkins, though, I have Jordan. In every league that I have Marlon Mack, I have Jordan Wilkins as a handcuff already because Jordan Wilkins was expected to be that guy. He has been that guy all season long behind Marlon Mack. He has been the guy that comes in to spell Marlon Mack and gets carries. Hines is not that guy at all. Hines hardly gets any carries at all. He is the passing down back. He's going to continue in that role, I would assume. I don't expect Hines to get some type of larger share of the carries or anything like that. But Jonathan Williams, coming off a very nice game, it does worry you if you should go pick up Jonathan Williams or if you should add Jordan Wilkins. Now Frank Wright confirms he expects all of them to be involved. Um, I'm not willing to go out and spend a bunch on Jonathan Williams to make sure I acquire him to try to be my fill-in for Marlon Mack because I'm scared that Jordan Wilkins is going to be out there. And so if you're in a league, a auction-style waiver league, I'd be more interested in spending, like, a few bucks on Jordan Wilkins and let everybody else argue over Jonathan Williams. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a week where it's kind of funny. It's been pretty bleak on the waiver wire when it comes to running backs just because everybody was either set or you're either in or out of your playoff. But, I mean... I'm like you. I think a lot of people are going to jump towards Jonathan Williams because the biggest splash injury was uh, Marlon Mack. But, I mean, let's not forget, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have Samuels rostered as soon as they knew that uh, James Conner was going to come back. Like, he's a free agent in my league, which is a Team 12 league, which is very deep, a lot of running backs available. But I think if you're going to take a chance, I think you should probably either worry about Samuels you should spend more of your time on than maybe Williams, just because if you're probably in the middle or towards the end of the waiver wire, a bunch of people are going to fight for Williams, and I just don't think the strength of schedule's there, especially if you look at Samuels' uh, the rest of his schedule. It's a little bit easier. He gets Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, than possibly the Jets if you're a 16-week playoff league. Uh, And so with Williams, too, why I have some pause there is because he's a guy that's been around for a few years. He's not a guy that... You know, it's not like he's some late round draft pick that they brought in, yeah, no. and he's uh, and he's a guy who just happened to find an opportunity, somebody that they really liked. Obviously, they liked him if he's on the active roster. Yeah, but 
He's a guy that they brought up because of Jordan Wilkins being hurt. Jordan Wilkins is a draft pick. Jordan Wilkins is a guy that they drafted last season. He was involved in the offense last year when Marlon Mack was hurt. I just think that they like Jordan Wilkins more. Jonathan Williams has already played for four different NFL teams. Uh, his career average, granted that's on a very limited workload, is <laughs> is 4.7 yards for, per carry. Uh, and he's he's a big guy. He's six. Feet, 223 pounds. We're getting his whole diametric. All right. But I just don't have a whole uh, ton of faith in him as a kind of journeyman running back who just kind of came out of nowhere and had a good game against a positive run matchup. Which is like, like I, I would rather take the chance and, and bet on Jordan Wilkins being healthy, which they haven't said that he's, you know, he's going to be back this week. But Frank Reich acknowledging that they're going to be in a committee and him specifically naming all three of them, yeah. that that gives me concern that you know if you're a Marlon Mack owner, you go out and you get Jonathan Williams, and you're like, okay, I'm set at least until Marlon Mack comes back. You might wind up being disappointed if Jordan Wilkins comes out and has 14 carries or something on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I still like uh, I like Hines a lot just because I think that they don't have any other like I don't know how well they're going to run the ball, and the reason I I defend the Hines segment is just playing devil's advocate to this. You just went in on Williams. I don't think I need to say any more about him. But with Hines, right, pass catching running back, he's going to be the scat back. He's the third down back. They don't have T.Y. Hilton. They're going to run with their uh, their running back by committee. They're going to start throwing the ball a little bit more to their running backs, I believe. I feel like that's where Neheim Hines comes in, especially if you're in a full-point PPR league and you're getting a point per catch. Also, I think this also ups the stock for maybe Doyle or maybe Ebron as well because they don't have a wide receiver. Their running game's a little scared. So I think there's a little bit more upside there as well, which I know at least one of those guys is always on the waiver wire if you had like a tight end that's in trouble, like if you had Gerald Everett last night and you're jumping shit. See, I'm... I, I agree with you that it's logical that should raise the value of a Jack Doyle. I mean, it didn't yesterday. But it still hasn't. Like, yeah. Jack Doyle's been awful this season. I actually started Jack Doyle in a lineup yesterday in another plus matchup for Jack Doyle out of desperation. He didn't even get a target yesterday. Yeah, so Ebron's the guy probably. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not willing to, to mess with Jack Doyle because they lost Paris Campbell. They lost T.Y. Hilton. And they lost Marlon Mack, and yeah. Jack Doyle's still not even getting targets. Yeah, they're at Pets' heads falling off. Are you? Uh, what about Detroit? That's kind of similar, right? Are you into that Scarborough kid that like went all revenge against Dallas yesterday? Uh, so, do you remember Bo Scarborough from Alabama? Once they said that, it clicked. I don't. I didn't <laughs> yeah. before that, but once they're like, he went down. So, I was like, oh yeah, duh. He's a guy that. So at Alabama, he looks like every Alabama running right. back. Like he's just Derrick Henry. He was just bigger than everybody else, and just yeah. ran everybody over. They did the high school story about how big he was. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So and and he's a. I, I thought he was a good player, and I thought he would catch on a little bit more in the NFL than he has because of his size. Because he's a he's a a bigger back, but he's already bounced around a little bit. So I I don't know how I. I don't really know how I feel about that because so he was a seventh round pick, which I, I think with him it's just a matter of he just doesn't have he's got the size but he doesn't have the explosion and like with Derrick Henry a big thing with Derrick Henry was like yeah Derrick Henry's got the size and he's like scary fast for someone who's so incredibly huge like him yeah, but Derrick Henry the big knock on him forever was for someone as big as him. Dude can't pass block to save his life. No. His footwork 
is absolutely terrible. So if he doesn't hit that hole, he's not going to he's not going to be able to make cuts and make guys miss and stuff like that. Scarborough is kind of like that. Like he's just a really big back, has zero shiftiness. Yeah. Uh he can't he can't cut. I don't know if he can pass block, but the fact that he was a seventh round pick uh was with the Cowboys, the Jags, the Seahawks, and the Lions already, and he was on the Lions practice squad. Yeah. They just called him up because of all the injuries they have at running back. Like, yes, he's worth a pickup. He's worth a pickup, but he's not a guy that I'm if I have to go pick him up, I'm not going to be thrilled about picking him up and then putting him in my lineup. I don't I don't have the Lions. Well, they do have Washington, Chicago, Minnesota. Washington, plus matchup for Bo Scarborough. I guess if you believe that him over Ty Johnson or J.D. McKissick, like he is going to be the guy moving forward now, I would just like to avoid it altogether. Yeah, I'm with you. I just don't think there's anybody there that I trust that I would even like want to sniff out for like a stream or anything. Because like, Ty Johnson, I don't think, did anything yesterday. Now, granted, he just cleared concussion yeah. protocol. So I assume that there would be yeah. a little tender around that. He had two um, carries. Yes. Yeah, McKissick. Basically did nothing yesterday, um, and I mean, Bo Scarborough had the touchdown early, but other than that, it wasn't like over the top, like blew me away. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're desperate and you got Washington on their schedule next week, maybe there, and plus they're playing with Driscoll, which boy, they're gonna. I I really I really found out how much Detroit needs Matt Stafford yesterday. Jeff Driscoll had an awesome game. What are you talking about? It's all right. He just, there Jeff was some Driscoll had like 35 fantasy points He just yesterday. didn't look like the guy where I was like, you know what? This is the guy I want. This is guy's okay. I'm okay so with. Is it just cause, are you a Kenny Galladay owner? Like, no, I don't know. I, I played actually against Kenny Galladay. I loved it. But like there were just like so many times, like even on the broadcast, you'd be like, yep, he should have done this or he should have done, like he should have taken off here. He should have done that. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he had a great day. It's Dallas. Dallas is like notorious for having that one game a year where they're just like, clearly better than the team they're playing. In fact, I think you even tweeted about it, where they're just clearly better than the team they're playing. They just play to their team's potential that they're and playing. Jeff Jeff Driscoll yesterday, in a loss, had 209 passing yards, two touchdowns. That's a great game. He also had 51 rushing yards and a touchdown. I mean, he had three touchdowns. I'll just let you get on that one. I mean, I, would, I, I, I agree. I'm not... 209 not, pass. How many attempts do you have in those 209? Oh, probably not very many. He's not a good passer. He doesn't yeah. need to be passed. Which is all I said. All I said was At that. 26, I just, but he had against uh, in the game against Chicago, he threw 46 times. Oh, good Lord. I mean, I'm just saying it just shows how much, like, I just don't think Matt Stafford is appreciated as much as people think that he should No, be. and Stafford was fantastic And that's what I'm saying. That's, that was my realization yesterday. It was like, wow, Stafford's actually, like, better than people probably give him credit for. Gigantic head, but, but good guy. I, but he does Dude, have, you know, he's got, Jeff Driscoll does have a plus matchup with Washington. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, that team, they're off so Next week you've got the Chiefs on by, mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers on by. Kirk Cousins on by, right? Yes, the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. Kirk Cousins on by. So if those are guys that you've been leaning on, hopefully you haven't been leaning on Phillip Rivers because he's been brutal. Ugh, yeah. uh, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes headed into a bye week. Uh, Jeff Driscoll might be a guy. Another guy, Sam Darnold. I'm not. I'm not condoning it. Okay, you go I'm back off on of Sammy. it. Sam already burned me. Yep. Sam can go screw himself. But well, that's not very nice. I mean, it's it, it's hard to it's hard to just look past it. He has accounted for six total touchdowns over the last two games, three of which to his new tight end. And yes, and he had another good game yesterday. He's got. 
Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami over the next few weeks. Gotta love that. Very plus matchups. I mean, Sam Darnold is a huge disappointment, <laughs> to be completely honest. Because he sees ghosts? But it does seem like they're starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson even caught a touchdown yesterday. I'm still dropping Robbie My Anderson My in all formats. Yeah, well, yeah. I still believe he does not belong on your roster. Probably not. He only had, what, one catch yesterday for like for a, a six-yard touchdown? But it was important. Yeah, so he got you six points. So that that's Robbie Anderson's floor, I suppose, yep. is a six-yard touchdown. He got me seven and And that's his ceiling, really. 7.3. Because he's got, he had the 92-yard touchdown earlier this season. Those two plays... Literally all Robbie Anderson's done all season long. But look what he's going up against. If you're desperate, you need to stream a receiver, and he's so, got those matchups. I'm not it. thrilled about about picking up Sam Darnold. If Jimmy G is out there, I mm. think I would still rather go get Jimmy G. But Jimmy G, I'm still a little cautious about. He's, in my opinion, I started him in a couple leagues yesterday. Obviously, I was thrilled about it. He threw four touchdowns. Yeah. Second time in three weeks, he's thrown four touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh-huh. But he's got eight touchdown passes against them, and I think he's only got ten like the rest of the season. Damn. Or something like that. So I'm not he's not he's still not a weekly starter for me, but I do think that the 49ers, when it comes to Jimmy G, they're they're a little bit that they're starting to let him uncork it a little bit more. And he threw for a career high in passing yards yesterday. You know, Jeff Wilson got the game-winning touchdown, and then they they tacked on that defensive touchdown at the end of the game that screwed over a bunch of betters. So, Jimmy G, if he's still available, and he is still available in a lot of leagues, I would much rather go get him than go get Jeff Driscoll or Sam Darnold. Um, But that being said, Ryan Griffin, the Jets' tight end, straight up just has to be owned in all leagues now. Like, tight end, you can't find anything at tight end. I was starting Tyler Eifert. Josh Vernier got mad at me because I told him to start Tyler Eifert, and he wanted to pick up Ross Dwelly. Ross Dwelly had two touchdowns. Yeah, he did. But Ross Dwelly, he still didn't do much. He had like 14 yards, but he caught the two touchdowns. So, I mean, that's going to make him a top 10 tight end alone because yeah. tight end's so gross. Hopefully you get George Kittle back, but if Ross Dwelly's out there, I would go pick him up right now because he needs to be on rosters at least until Kittle gets back and then you can go drop him. But Ryan Griffin's just been good. Ryan Griffin's a journeyman tight end. I guess this is the season of that. 33-year-old Darren Fells yep. is, you know, a, a top 10 tight end, one, one of the higher scoring tight ends in fantasy football this season. Ryan Griffin's doing the same thing. You know, he played for the Texans forever and did absolutely nothing over his entire career there. But Sam Darnold likes his tight ends. And this was the potential that we were hoping we were getting with Chris Herndon who was also a massive disappointment. But Ryan Griffin's having a pretty nice season, and he had another good game yesterday. He had 109 yards and a touchdown yesterday, including a 45-yard reception. Um, it's And he's got four touchdowns on the season. He had two touchdowns a few weeks ago against the Jags. Like, he's been one of Sam Darnold's favorite targets. And look at his schedule moving forward. The worst yeah. covering tight end team in Oakland. Then you get Cincinnati. Then you get Miami. Then you're either make or break in the playoffs, and at that point he gets Baltimore, and if you go deep in 16, you get Pittsburgh. But, yeah, he's the tight end to pick up this week if he's available. I think Jacob Hollister is a guy as well for the Seattle Seahawks who's been getting involved more and more. They were on bye this week, so he might have gotten overlooked a little bit. Uh, The smart fantasy owners went out and scooped him up last week. So if he is still available, and his, his, his ownership had already rised quite a bit. He wasn't owned virtually at all. 
Uh, now he's owning about a quarter of a league. So he might be a guy that's available. He may not be. But I, I would still look into that. Those are two tight ends right now that, that you know, based on what they're doing, they're legitimate starting tight ends in fantasy football because it's that bad right now. Um, Evan Ingram is expected to return, though, it sounds like. Uh, so that could be a boost for your tight end situation if you're an Evan Ingram owner. Uh, he was in a walking boot the last couple of weeks, but they're saying he's out of the walking boot. He's expected to get back to practice this week. Uh, Darius Slayton's another guy that we talked about. He had the monster game before the bye. Uh, he could still be heavily involved. We're not expecting Sterling Shepard to be back anytime soon. Uh, so you know, Golden Tate's still the wide receiver that you want to own for the New York Giants. But I think Darius Slayton's worth the flyer, especially if you're a Juju Smith-Schuster owner or if you were taking, if you were streaming a guy like Deontay Johnson who had some touchdown upside. Both those guys are hurt right now, and we have no idea when they're going to come back. Not only did Juju suffer a concussion in that game against the Browns, he also suffered a knee injury. So now there's questions about whether or not he's going to be able to clear concussion protocol and if he's going to be able to overcome that knee injury. Deontay Johnson... Had the blood coming out of his ear. I can't imagine he's going to be ready to play this week. Um, so Darius Slayton's a guy that I would be heavily interested in picking up if he's still available in my leagues. Yeah, I picked him up two weeks ago because I needed a receiver the, the previous week. Obviously, he balled out in that game uh, against the Jets. But like the thing with Slayton is that it's just you have to look at like what basic fantasy football analysis is. Evan Ingram, I have a theory. I don't know if it's going to be true or not, but I don't think that they're going to use him a lot. I think if eventually the foot gets worse, they're just going to be like, hey, man, we have no chance, obviously. We're not going anywhere after this season. Just get better, get your foot better, and just stay out the rest of the season. I'm not sure what's going on with Saquon Barkley. I don't know how healthy or how much they're going to keep him going. Again, the Giants' season's not going anywhere, so there's a potential that in a couple weeks, guys might just be getting shut down. Slayton's not going to get shut down because Slayton's trying to prove himself and the target shares are going to be there. You're looking at probably seven to nine targets every single week. And what he does with them, I don't know. And Daniel Jones is a quarterback that's still out there trying to prove himself and get better in the league as well. So I like Slayton moving forward. In fact, I think Slayton's like damn near starting available or starting potential if you need a guy like that. Like, let's say that you have an Alshon Jeffrey who you don't know what's going on with him. He's been out. He was scratched last night's game. Uh, Brandon Cooks with his potential, like getting concussions all year long. I think he's had, what, three or four this year, it seems. I think Slayton's a starter for a lot of guys, and if you're deep in receiver and you want to keep him on your roster because obviously injuries happen, yeah, but a Slayton to me is a, a, is a front-line starter. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... Just because of target possibility. He's like definitely a, a streamer for me because I think with Evan Ingram coming back, I think because pr- prior to the Ingram injury, yeah, like Slayton had a couple of good games, but he had that game where he had two touchdowns, yeah. but he caught two touchdowns off like three targets. So oh, like yeah. when Ingram was involved in the offense, they were they were heavily involving Golden Tate and Evan Ingram. Yes. So I would be scared that that role would diminish, but the guy's obviously a t- a talented player or a semi-talented player, talented enough to when you give him the volume, he can make plays with it. So I I would think that as a Offensive coordinator as a coaching staff, you would say we need to try to get this guy more involved during this game. So yeah, he's trending. He's trending in the right direction for yeah, sure. He's, and he's got a rookie quarterback. When those guys get comfortable with some kind of chemistry that they have, they're going to keep banging that drum until it just doesn't feel right. And that's where I think Daniel Jones is at. But yeah, Golden Tate obviously uh, can kind of take some of that away. So I, I still don't know what the hell's going on with the Atlanta Falcons defense. Um, points, it looked like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And now, now they've given up play calling. 
from their head coach, Dan Quinn, has said that he is he's kind of letting his guys and his staff run the defense more, and he's being more hands-off. Uh, it would have been great if he would have done that early on like in the season <laughs> uh, because obviously there's enough talent on that defense that it is making it has made a significant impact. Um, yeah, you know who they get next week? No. Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, Jameis. My my God. <laughs> you think they're going to have five sacks? Jimmy Garoppolo's got 18 touchdown passes. Jameis has 18 interceptions already. Yeah, they're, the rest of their schedule, and I'll let you keep going on your uh, your hot Atlanta rant, is uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. So maybe not against New Orleans, but, man, you know, they just played them. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina, San Francisco, Jacksonville. So. Hey, Kyle Allen was so bad yesterday against oh. his Falcons defense that, like, Kyle Allen was a guy that two weeks ago we were saying Cam, New- Cam yeah. Newton's time in Carolina is over. Kyle Allen's going to be the guy. They might tra- look into drafting so somebody, bad. but Kyle's, Kyle Allen's going to be the guy for the next couple of years. In come the Atlanta Falcons to just completely ruin Kyle Allen and make everyone in Carolina be like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we need to see what's going on with Cam. Yeah. Like, let's just let's just wait and see Cam get healthy. And uh, and check check in on him, you know, before training camp and stuff. See how Cam's feeling, because uh, now now we're not interested in moving off of him. Yeah, we'll maybe think about that player option after. Um, yeah, Kyle Allen so, sucked yesterday. Another reason I'm skeptical about Jonathan Williams, and I understand there's very varying circumstances in fantasy football that can affect these things. Right. But like last week, the popular guy was. Brian Hill, Devontae Freeman's yep. done. Ito Smith's on IR. Brian Hill, going to get all of these carries. Brian Hill was absolutely garbage yesterday uh, against a Carolina Panthers team that over the last month is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Brian Hill did absolutely nothing. He averaged two yards per carry on 15 attempts. He did not find the end zone. He's robbed uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, he, he wound up getting vultured a couple of times. Um, so... I don't think you should drop him because, I mean, he's still got 15 carries, right? But it just seems like, oh, maybe you can't really depend on him for anything outside of trying to score a touchdown. And, and that's – but that's that's a guy that's getting 15 guaranteed touches a game, right, because yeah. there's not another running back. Jonathan Williams isn't even going to have that. No. So if you're, if you're out here expecting Jonathan Williams, like, if you're a Marlon Mack owner, let's say this. If your trade deadline hasn't passed yet, and it has passed in a couple of my leagues, but other leagues it has not passed yet, mm-hmm. I think I'd go see what Philip Lindsay costs. Uh, I'd be interested in checking in on Phil Lindsay, which the Denver Broncos said yesterday Philip Lindsay was going to get a bulk of the carries compared to Royce Freeman. They were going to see what they could do with him getting a majority of the work. Now, he didn't have a particularly great game or anything like that, but he did wind up doubling up Royce Freeman in carries, which is awesome because he's obviously the more talented player, but him and Royce Freeman have literally been splitting things down the middle all season long, and it's completely ruined the fantasy value of both running backs. Now, if they're dead serious about this, and this is how it's going to work moving forward, I'm interested in picking up Phil Phil Lindsay. Yeah. Uh Because he, he could be a guy that... You know, he's got a okay schedule down the stretch. He's got, got some opportunities. They've got the Chiefs on there. He's had some good games against the Chiefs in the past. Like, he's got an opportunity there where he still didn't have, uh, he still didn't have like a, a monster game, but obviously with the improved work, he, he, 
he he did enough to where you might be able to still get him at a reasonable cost because of what he's done the entire season, where instead of people projecting what he might do moving forward, they're looking at what he's done all season long. And he also did that work against Minnesota's defense, where, I mean, obviously yes, Minnesota's... which they're very good run defense. I mean, so. you saw what they did to Zeke the week before. Um, now, granted, the reason I'm nervous about Hill that you were talking about ahead of time, the biggest, scariest thing for me was, is Atlanta controlled that entire game. There was never a chance where Carolina was going to come back and win that game and you would think in a situation like that, your guy would get 20, 25, no, you got 15. Oh, and if that's the case. And, but it should mean good things for the running game, too. Right. Calvin Ridley went off. Calvin Ridley is one of my best picks yesterday. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but, uh, no, that's what scares me about Hill is, like, obviously you keep him, but I think we might have jumped the shark a little bit thinking of what his upside could be because we saw yesterday in a game that Atlanta had controlled from the second start of the second quarter. You'd think that all it would be would be handoffs here and there, and they couldn't get him going, so that's why – they kind of went to the air a little bit more, and that's without Austin Hooper. Like it was just like one of those games where it's like we missed on 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 Brian Hill. Yeah, that's you know that happens sometimes. So you know, so and that if your trade deadline has not passed yet, Calvin Ridley is going to be hard to go add now yeah. because of that monster game. But if he's available and it's a team that's a a fringe postseason team and they really need to make a move, Calvin Ridley is a guy that I would also try to target. Uh, Darius Geis, you really should have picked him up last week. Um, I still don't know how much faith I have in Darius Geis or this Washington run game, but Geis did wind up with a, uh, a pretty nice game yesterday. It was by far the most productive game he's had so far in his NFL career. He wound up scoring a touchdown, and he just looks like you finally got a glimpse, right? For the first time since he played at LSU, we got a glimpse of what he could be in the NFL. He's just... He's one of those guys who's got enough speed and burst and power, and he's impossible to bring down. Like, you get him in the open field, he can just truck people, and he can take off to the end zone. And he's got that type of talent. It's been really frustrating that we haven't seen it so far. Uh, But he's a guy that's still available in a fair amount of leagues because people, I think, were just staying off him because Washington, the injuries, things like that. Adrian Peterson's still been productive this season, so I think people were afraid that he was going to get worked in slow, but no, like they, they think he's the future at the running back position. They're letting Dwayne Haskins take this thing over. Uh, he's going to be a part of that offense moving forward. He's a guy that needs to be acquired in all leagues if he is available. And Haskins let his offensive line know, what can I do to help you? Help no, those me. dudes gave a damn about that. <laughs> you see, yeah. No, those dudes gave a damn. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? Their what offensive line's got a bunch of veterans. They're just they're like, like, shut up, Dwayne. Like, we're out of here after this Shut year. up, Dwayne. <laughs> Go sit down. We suck. Yeah. Uh, no, the funny thing was is, uh, yeah, guys, I don't know how he'd be available if he is. Awesome. Go get him. Put all, put all your money left in your uh, – and your waiver bank on him. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be the guy. Haskins going to check down a lot. It's going to have a huge number, have a ton of targets. And, and it is worth noting that a lot of Geis' work came in garbage time. But that's where it's going to come still, from. He still got, you know, he got seven carries to Adrian Peterson's nine carries, was obviously more productive with those carries yeah. as he got the touchdown. Um, but he, and he got the, it was a receiving touchdown, 45 yard receiving touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I would expect most of that's going to be garbage time because. Washington's bad. They're a bad football team, but you did see some glimpses yesterday from Dwayne Haskins. You can't you can't roster Dwayne Haskins, but you saw some glimpses of what him and Terry McLaurin can do. Like Haskins did have that beautiful 67-yard pass that wound up getting called back because of a penalty, which was devastating because Terry wound up having he only had a couple of catches in that game, but with that 67-yard catch, 
which was all Dwayne Haskins' arm, mm-hmm. which was absurd. If Terry catches that ball, he's got over 100 yards yesterday. If that ball doesn't get called back because of a penalty and, and Scary Terry winds up having a productive yeah. fantasy game. So if Darius Geis is still available, and he is still available in some leagues, I would absolutely go add him. Might be something that, you know, if you've got, I think in most of my leagues, my trade deadline is this week. So there's going to be some people that are shopping around trying to make some moves. So I would put feelers out for discounted guys like Geis and see what I could see, see what somebody be interested in doing with them. Yeah. And the main thing about trades, people, it's real simple. Like, tell yourself, like, it's like whenever you want to give away your clothes to goodwill. Like, tell yourself, do I really wear this shirt? Do I really need this, like, running back? Like, it's just going to sit on my bench. Like, if you have two guys that are starting that you're probably okay getting rid of one of your guys on the bench. Like, there's guys in my league, for instance, that literally will just hoard guys. And they don't need to. And their team could be better if they got rid of them. Just, if you have guys and you're never going to use guys, get some sort of value out of them. Don't just keep them on your bench because nobody else can get them. I mean, you might be able to get Darius guys for A.J. Green. If you're still rostering AJ Green, yeah, for a guy that's low, like yeah, because if you think if about you're that still situation, rostering AJ Green, because AJ Green they didn't put him on IR, no, and AJ Green's out here saying, no, I'm going to play this season, yeah, um, you know, if he comes back at any point healthy this year, he's obviously the number one wide receiver. Um, you know, Darius Geist isn't going to be a weekly starter for most teams. He's a guy's, he's a guy that you just add to put on the end of your bench, and maybe he does enough to prove to you he can go into my lineup. Yeah, like I bet AJ Green hasn't done a goddamn thing to help you all season long. I bet you could get Darius Geis for AJ Green if you're still insisting on rostering. And that trade makes sense too because if you're a guy that's benching Darius Geis, it means that you have clearly two running backs that are better than he would be in that slot. If you have AJ Green on your bench, it means you probably either were holding out or you have receivers that are clearly already better than he is. So work for each other. Like get rid of a guy that you're never going to use for somebody that's going to help you. Then again, probably the guy that has Darius Geis has Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook's on a bye next week, so whatever. Nick Foles, that... Uh, DJ Shark connection, man. That beautifully, allegedly hung quarterback, Super Bowl winning champion. Oh, he is hung. I've seen it. So everybody was like, oh, he loves targeting the slot. He's a slot guy. D.D. Westbrook is going to get all the targets, and DJ Shark is going to lose value. Yeah, DJ Shark... Is one of the top is one of the ten best wide receivers in football this season. Like he's been that good. He's got eight receiving touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. Caught two yesterday. One of them was all him. It was just a slant that he just took to the house. The second one was a pretty nice throw from Nick Foles, but Shark made an absurd adjustment in the end zone in the corner to complete right side to complete again. the catch. Yes, so like his their connection, his to right body corner. control. <laughs> is very, very impressive as a wide receiver. DJ Chark is awesome. He is clearly the Jags' number one wide receiver. So can we please, please stop talking about D.D. Westbrook? Should be. And we should also be thinking about next year when it comes to fantasy football because I'm sure some of you, some of you drafted D.J. Shark this year, maybe, what, four... Maybe fifth, sixth round if you got lucky because you're looking for a target. Maybe if you drafted him. I don't even know if you got him that high. But next year when you do fantasy football, he's a guy that people are either going to remember oh. or they're not. And the people that are going to remember him is because he was on their team. And he's the right. guy that's now going to be that. DJ Chark wasn't drafted. He yeah, was a guy that okay, went yeah. undrafted. He I'm was saying, a like, week one waiver ad. 
Yeah, and the only reason I say this is because some of these people might be in dynasty leagues where their leagues are basically already set up. But what I'm saying is that, like, DJ Shark is now a guy that, like, you need to get this guy next year, maybe in the, like the second round because oh. of the numbers he's going to put yeah. up. And he's he probably second will second or third round pick next and year, and that's where he's Easy. at right now. But yeah, and like probably we, third, I would I, bet. I think I tweeted something about this, but Nick Foles' first touchdown was to DJ Shark, and it was over the middle for forty six yards. That's going to be there till the end of this season. Sign it, stamp yeah. it, seal it, deliver. Well, that's a proven fact. We talked about it last week too, and yeah. I, I I just thought that it made zero sense because you look back to Foles' time in Philadelphia. Alshon was always productive with Foles. Yeah. Alshon always had good games with Nick Foles as his quarterback. So I don't know. I, I understand that there's some numbers that say he likes to target the slot, but there was nothing there that said to me, like, D.D. Westbrook is just going to be the guy now. Yeah. He was, D.D. Westbrook wasn't even second on the team in targets yesterday. Chris Conley was. Like, D.J. Chark had 15 targets. So the narrative that D.D. Westbrook, and there was people who were like, I'm going out and trading for D.D. Westbrook because of this. Like, sorry, I was fine with you doing that. <laughs> I was like, all right, ha- have at it. I still want the guy that's already got six touchdowns, but Gardner Minshew is his quarterback right. because Nick Foles brings a dimension with Chark that you weren't getting with Minshew. Like, Minshew made, made DJ Chark highly productive, yes, but I think DJ Chark was the one that was helping Minshew be productive, yes. not the other way around because he's that good. Yesterday... We saw what he can do when he has a quarterback who will actually push the ball downfield because Minshew was never doing that. No. Minshew wasn't out here throwing 50-yard bombs. Like no. He wasn't even attempting to do that. Like Chark had 104 yards and two touchdowns yesterday to solidify himself as a clear-cut wide receiver one in an offense where, yeah, there's questions about how talented that team is and what Nick Foles can do, but Nick Foles is at least going to give him opportunities. He had 15 targets. And Nick Foles is a guy that I might stream him. Yeah, I, I I would I would be interested in streaming him just because I think that 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 value of at least a couple of touchdown passes is probably going to be there every week. Yeah, it's like we said, he's going to chuck the ball. He's going to either throw four touchdowns I mean, and two picks, or he's going to throw like three touchdowns and zero picks and just have a great day. That's Nick at, Foles. The, at this point, it makes absolutely zero sense. But Leonard Fournette still has like one rushing touchdown on the season, <laughs> so. It's just clear that he's just not going to score touchdowns. No. That's just not his thing, I guess. Who do, who's having a better year, Chris Godwin or DJ Shark? Um, I mean, Godwin's probably up there. Godwin had a good game yesterday, yeah, he too. He got the touchdown. Um, but it's just interesting to know that those are guys that, like— I mean, they're they're both young breakout players. Like, right. Shark's only in his second year. Godwin's only in his third year. Right. But I'm just um, saying, like, think of those guys, like, next year. Like, try to think ahead of time. Like, next year when you draft, like— if you don't get a chance to get the Tyreeks, the Amaris, the DeAndres, the Julios, like these these guys are there, and these guys are gonna be in this. They're gonna be this way for well, a while. And what's so impressive about what Chark did yesterday is Indy's good. Like yeah, no, the, in, Indy's yeah. secondary is good. Wide receivers have been struggling to produce against that secondary all season long, and they've been stingy to everybody. Like DJ Chark is that good. Like yeah. he's a legitimate wide receiver one. Yeah, he did to Minshew what Mike Evans did to Johnny Football at Texas A and M. Like everyone was like, "Oh, Johnny Manziel's super good." No, he was just chucking it to Mike Evans, who's six five, two hundred and forty pounds down the sideline. That's what that's what Minshew did with Chark, and Chark is a stud. He's a, he's yeah, he's a receiver one. I totally agree. So before we get out of here, David Johnson, drop him. Um, I I don't know. 
I'd drop him. He, I mean, he was on the field yesterday. He didn't get any touches. He sucked. He fumbled, didn't he? Um, no, maybe it wasn't him. But. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure he got zero touches yesterday. Yeah, drop him. You don't have. He doesn't need to be on a roster. Let somebody else go deal with him. He's like the LaShawn McCoy. Not in the same sense as running style, but like LaShawn McCoy has more value than David Johnson moving forward the rest of the year. That's saying something weird. I... Like, David Johnson doesn't do anything. Like, yeah, they're done. I mean, so the Arizona, Arizona's also headed into a bye. So, I would think that, you know, maybe Chase Edmonds comes back after the bye. Maybe he'll be healthy. Maybe they just wanted to rest David Johnson to try to get him <laughs> healthy. No. And maybe it's going to be a committee. Because, well, the, the thing... I think it's Drake's so, job so moving for, forward. So, you can't drop him in Dynasty Leagues, obviously. Redraft... I don't recommend dropping him. I, do. uh, I would just just throw him on your bench, see what happens because this is a guy. He's a first round pick. Sure, was he's a first round pick yeah. this season. So you probably can't drop him if you got him in the first round. I don't recommend dropping him, but uh, you certainly can't start him every week anymore. I, I it's just I I don't know what the hell the Cardinals are going to do with him because Kenyon Drake, first of all, is a free agent. After this season. Yeah. So Kenyon Drake's going to hit the open market. It's not like Kenyon Drake's going to get, you know, top dollar as a running back. There'd be zero reason for him to. But David Johnson's guaranteed like $10 million already next season. So they just can't cut him because they're still going to have to pay him that money. So I don't I don't know what the hell the Cardinals are going to do with him. <laughs> Because they, they all, he's already owed that money for next season, so if you cut him, you're just spending money on a player that isn't on your team anymore anyways. And it's also further proof why you probably should just never pay a running back. No one on these top-end contracts is performing. Even Zeke, like, Zeke wound up with a pretty good fantasy day yesterday. He's still been finding ways to get in the end zone. But Zeke hasn't been $90 million worth of production this season. No. Zeke hasn't been Christian McCaffrey. Like, if you were getting Christian McCaffrey production out of Zeke this season, he'd be like, all right, cool. You haven't yeah. get anything close to that. And McCaffrey's going to get paid next year, and so is Alvin Kamara. But, I mean, at what cost? Because Alvin Kamara, eh. Some people drafted him first overall this year. I don't think it's... Uh, oh. Yeah. And injuries have yeah. slowed him down. So, I think you have to keep David Johnson. Get rid of him. As much as it sucks. Get rid of him. I, I, I'd Lose be fine. Headache. I wouldn't be mad at you if you cut him. Trading for A.J. Green. <laughs> Seriously. I am, Yeah. I might just do that just so I don't have to worry about him being on my team. Finally, Serta agrees with me. Even though he's sitting in a chair that's way higher than mine. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back later this week with the Week 12 Fantasy Football Action. He's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.